0: Yo, what up? Welcome to Tevez of the Best. Today is Tuesday, May 23, 2023. My name is JC Tevez. Welcome to the podcast about my life and nothing else but stick around. You might learn something new. Happy new week, everyone. Sorry I didn't record last week. I was in uh, Bataan, which I'll talk all about on this podcast. Uh But yeah, I was supposed to record on Friday on the road. But, uh, you know, I was tired. I had to drive and things didn't really happen. But I'll tell you all about that in a bit. But before I go on to that, let me just kind of skip through, cause I know, I don't know how, uh, how exciting Bataan is for my loyal listeners right here. So let me just start with the stuff that you guys usually like, uh, hearing me talk about. So it's normally, uh, movies or basketball. So let's talk, uh, movies first. So, well, movies and, uh, TV shows. So I just started on Apple Plus, cause, cause I, while I was in Bataan, I subscribed to the seven day free, trial of Apple TV so I could watch the latest episode of Ted Lasso. By the way, you should catch up to that. Uh, we're heading into the final two episodes of what might be the final season of the show. So if you haven't caught up on Ted Lasso, if you haven't started, it's, it's probably top five shows of all time. It might actually, you know, be one or two. Honestly, like that's how good it is. It's one of the few shows where after I watch the episode, I have no issue rewatching it right after because there's so many like, moments in those shows that are just so relevant and so hard-hitting so watch Ted Lasso uh but I started another show called uh Silo S-I-L-O so it's four episodes in uh so it's it's released weekly as Apple TV normally does so that's a new show that that I feel like maybe you guys can get into Uh, it's basically a show it's a mix between Snowpiercer and like severance and if you ever watched that that spanish uh movie called the platform it's 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 like a mix it's like an amalgamation of all of those movies so the the what do you call it the synopsis is so everyone lives in this silo because the earth supposedly is you know it's it's a post-apocalyptic world so it's not safe to go outside and uh, as you would guess you know as as you would guess in any of these kinds of movies somebody's like is it really fucked up outside? You know, is, how do we know that? Are they lying to us? Is there a governing body, aka in this show, they're called judicial? Or is there someone that's hiding something from us? So, four episodes deep. It's, it's, uh, interesting so far. It's not heavy. I mean, I guess there's some stressful parts, but it's not, it's very easy to digest. It's, there's, there's not a lot of, uh, when I say heavy, I mean, it's not complicated. Like, it's a very straightforward show. It stars, uh, Rebecca Ferguson, who you actually don't see for the whole first episode. Uh, it stars David Oyekelwo, I, I don't know how to say his name. The, I forgot what movies in, I've seen him in a bunch of movies. He's a great actor. It's a black dude. Uh, but yeah, he plays the sheriff. In the silo, and then he, he realizes something's off because his wife starts like questioning things. So yeah, watch silo on Apple plus. Other than that, so to maximize my Apple plus free seven day trial before I cancel it tomorrow, it, I am watching currently, I, you know, I took a pause in the middle of watching it to record this podcast. It's called the greatest beer run ever, which I haven't seen yet, starring Zach Efron. And so far, it's pretty good. You know, Zach Efron, I think deserves a lot of props for. Moving away from the high school musical scene, like his, you know, the, the pretty boy Disney Channel shit and even moving away. Well, this is more of a comedy movie, but he has some serious acting chops, man. So go, go check that out. So far, it's good. I'll, I don't know if it's going to stick the landing, but hopefully it does. Uh, other than that, I watched Fast 10. That's the, that's the big movie that it's in theaters right now. Is it good? I mean, (laughs) what can you say? It's a fast and furious movie. And when I say that, I mean anything past fast five onwards. Cause I feel like fast and the furious can be split into two different categories. The more realistic slash drama filled slash, well, I guess, yeah, realistic grounded in reality set of films, which is one, two, Tokyo Drift, so three, and then, uh, four, which I think is just called Fast and Furious. <laughs> Did you notice that every title of Fast and the Furious movies, they're like all, they have no f- consistent format of titling. Ti- of titling. I saw a, a TikTok video on it. It was so funny because it was like Fast and the Furious, Two Fast, Two Furious, Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift, Fast and Furious, Fast Five, Fast and the Furious Six. Like they don't have a consistent, uh, uh, outline for their titles. <laughs> But then, so back to my original thought. So once Fast Five comes around, that's when it becomes a little more of a Marvel movie. I, I mean, it's still close enough to reality that you could believe it. But once you get the six, seven, eight, nine, you know, where they're going to space, they're jumping across buildings in Saudi Arabia. Uh, Vin Diesel literally like stomps on the ground and breaks a bridge. Like it, it, it has surpassed or at least is on par with a superhero film. Uh, that being said. For a Fast and the Furious superhero out of reality, out of this world film, it it is good. I really did not like the last one. Number 9, 10, is really great. I don't know if this is a spoiler, but I did not know this coming into it. That they are splitting this movie kind of like how Infinity War is the first part of the Infinity War saga, which is then followed by Endgame, right? Uh, and just like the Marvel, just like the Avengers movies, like they bring back callbacks to the first, literally like first eight or nine movies. You see callbacks. I won't spoil like what's gonna happen or who, who else shows up. <clears throat> but if you're a fan of the series, it's a must watch, I would say. I mean, just like I say, every Marvel movie, even if it got shitty reviews, you're probably gonna watch it. If you're a Fast and the Furious fan, Go watch it. And if you are not a Fast and the Furious fan, there's no way that you would even consider watching 10. Like, you'd have to go through nine. There's no way that you watch one and two and maybe three and four or five and then, like, skip six, seven, eight, nine. Like, so, for all the Fast and the Furious fans out there, if you're wondering if it's worth it, I think it is. Uh, cool cars, great action, uh, you know, hammy, corny acting. John Cena is great in this one. Uh, so is The Bad Guy. By the way, the highlight of this film is the villain who is played by Jason Momoa. I think he is cuz when I think back on the Fast and the Furious movies, I can only really remember the main villain in Tokyo Drift, the first one uh and the f- kind of like the 5th one, but even the 5th one, I don't really remember like what the guy looked like. Uh 5 was the best one so far hands down though, just just so you know. Just so you know my trip my train of thought when it comes to Fast and Furious movies, 5 is the best one so far. Uh, but the villain, he's the most memorable, memorable and exciting and funny and, and evil villain in the Fast and Furious franchise, hands down. He is the Thanos of this, uh, franchise. So, get it. I mean, go watch it. Highly recommend. Other than that, let's talk about, uh, fuck. Let's, let's talk about the NBA real quick. Oh my god, the Lakers got swept today. And I was watching, you know, I watch all four games. I wasn't really rooting for the Lakers, but I was rooting for them to win a few so that the game, you know, there would be more basketball because I love watching basketball. And as you guys know, the team that I wanted to lose, which is the Phoenix Suns, are already out. So now I don't really have anyone to like cheer for in particular. I just want more basketball. And I watch all four games of the Nuggets Lakers series. And poor LeBron, man. Like the man is trying hard. Although it, it it did it was frustrating watching him the first three games because every time okay I, I don't know if anyone can relate uh, with me on this if you're a basketball fan maybe you can but every time LeBron gets the ball and he takes it to the basket something good happens he scores he gets a good pass he gets fouled he kept shooting threes for the first three games it was so frustrating. And then in this game, when he finally put his head down and just fucking did his LeBron James thing, he scored thirty-one points in the first half. Let that sink in. The first half. So if he did the same thing in the second, he was on pace for sixty-two points. Are you kidding me? Because he kept driving to the basket. And then once he drives to the basket, you start getting to a rhythm, then he started hitting three pointers. I mean, that's how that's just how I, you know, basketball works, right? If you're a baller, you know you get hot scoring at the rim, and then you start, you know, feeling yourself, start taking yeah, you know, he checks shots and you make them. Uh, but the Lakers are so awful uh, outside of LeBron James and maybe Austin Reeves. This series in particular, Anthony Davis was so like timid. He was like, I don't know what, what he hates posting up. I hate, I don't know why he's so big and tall and skilled. And ah, it's so frustrating to watch. And then I cannot tell you the amount of open three point shots that Lakers missed that And for whatever reason, whenever Denver would get an open three, it's like they would never miss. So it was just a frustrating season uh, series to watch. And if you're a Lakers fan, I really feel for you. Because I feel like you could have taken at least one or two games. You know, it wouldn't have been a sweep. But congratulations to the Denver Nuggets. The Miami Heat, on the other hand, tomorrow they're playing game four. They are up three to zero against the fucking Boston Celtics, baby! Fuck, man. The number two seed in the East, man. And I think they're going to take it. I mean, no team has ever come back from a 0-3 deficit. So even if they don't win tomorrow, somewhere down the line, the Heat are going to win. And so I feel like it's going to be a Denver-Miami finals. And when that comes, who are you rooting for, JC? I'm going to have to go with Jimmy Butler because he has been the best player in the whole postseason, hands down. He's fun. He's exciting. He's got swagger. I love Jokic. Like, that guy is so good, too. I, I didn't even talk about Jokic during the... Lakers series, that guy is so dominant and you know Joel Embiid won the MVP but I don't give a fuck Jokic is the best player in the whole game right now maybe next to maybe between him and Giannis uh and he's got solid team I mean Jamal Murray right you know I know what his pubes look like if you know you know um he was uh, ballin' Aaron Gordon is balling the bench players who I'd never heard of until these playoffs are all balling fucking KCP who didn't do shit for the Lakers destroyed them this time Alright, so congratulations, that's basketball Let's move on to Bataan, alright, let's get into the meaty part of the thing So, why did I go to Bataan? I, I went to Bataan with with Marissa We went uh on Wednesday, uh, early Wednesday morning Because the re- the purpose of going there, other than going for a nice little staycation-ish Was I had a hosting, which I'll delve into in a bit But Bataan, let me talk about Bataan as a whole Uh, Truth be told, unless you're Bataan, I hope you don't take offense to this There's not much to do there Uh... And unless you have someone who knows what's going on google is not your friend man like like i googled top things to do in bataan i i didn't necessarily look for tour packages or anything I, I feel like obviously if you get a tour bus you'll get you know to do everything whatever but i like i don't like doing tour buses because i like to move at my own pace and so google when you search top bataan attractions it'll give you a list but then, like, when you put those those destinations in the ways, half of them don't lead anywhere. Like, they lead to the ocean. Sometimes they lead to a, a, a closed gate. Like, literally, I went, we I typed in a location that was li- one of the top, supposedly top destinations in Bataan. And it led me to a private property I couldn't even get in, right? Uh, but... There are a lot of viewpoints. Uh we, we we went to this one spot. Uh it's called let me pull it up on my IG. Oh, by the way, I'm I'm putting stuff on my Instagram right now, so if you want to go check it out. It's called boop, 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 boop. Fuck, where is it? It's called Ponoy Poi Cove. But even if you type Ponoipoy Cove, it doesn't really show up. I had to type in, so I found it on a blog post that you have to find this beach club there. It's not even a beach club, it's like a shitty pool area, right? And then from there, I had to ask the lady there where to go. And she directed me towards this viewing spot. So you pay like a minimal fee, like 20 pesos. And then they take you down this dirt path and you leave your car there. You have to pay for parking. I think it's 50 pesos. And, th- and then you just walk up this hill where you have this gorgeous scenic view of of like the surrounding water and, and I guess the coves nearby. And I would highly recommend that, you know, just for the serenity of it all. There's no one there. I don't think it's a well-known spot. And that's what I'm saying. Bataan doesn't really have that many tourist destinations. The one that I see online most, at least after thorough Googling after the fact, is this place called Five Fingers Cove. But you need to take a boat, which means you need to take a tour, which means you need to plan ahead and which we did not do. You know, my fault on my part. But we, we, we asked, we called the tour company and asked if we could You know, you know, walk in, a walk-in tour. Unfortunately, no one else had booked on that day. So if we wanted to solo the boat, it would cost mga 7,000 pesos, which I think is a little too steep. I mean, if you're a traveler from the U.S., whatever, that's not too bad, especially if it's a private tour, if it's just two of you. I mean, that's a good deal. That's a good deal. So, but it would have been around 1,500 pesos per head if you had come with a group. I don't know how large the group has to be. You should call ahead. I just Googled it. I forgot the name of the tour group. I'm sure there are multiple. So in the future, move, going back to Bataan, uh, I, kind of want to take that tour and check out the Five Fingers Cove. But Ponoipoy, the sight line near the Ponoipoy Cove area was great. Uh, and all of this took place on day one, which, which was in the south of Bataan. It's this place called Mariveles. Mariveles. Uh, so where my hosting was. So that, that was the end of that first day. We went, we ate at this place called Pupungs. You know, funny name, right? Uh, served seafood. Very expensive, man. Uh, I mean, They say the servings were good for three to four. I don't really believe it. Maybe it's good for maybe two to three. The prices were like wildflower prices. Like they're they're pretty pricey. Not unaffordable by any means. It's not like a five-star dining experience, but I don't know if I would go back there again. The food was good, but it wasn't outstanding. Like the seafood was was really good. But not anything I'd be like, damn, we gotta stop by there next time we're in Maribeles. Nah. But uh, because the the reason why again is I look for top food in, in Mariveles, top food in Bataan, and there's no results. Like literally they're showing shakies and, and, and fast food restaurants on there because there's nothing, at least unless you're a local and you could tell me where to go, there's nothing online. There's no online resource. So that's why I asked on Instagram stories. Apparently no one is from Bataan. So no one was able to help me out either. So that was the end of day one. Uh, day two. Oh, by the way, can I just share? You know, I've I've shared it, I think it's on my first ever episode of this podcast. If you're new here, go check that out. I'm deadly afraid of frogs. And fuck, man, the Airbnb, which was great, by the way, very affordable. It's in this uh, resort called Lefherds, L-E-F-H-E-R-D-Z, a comfortable room, great air conditioning. Wi-Fi sucks, though, but uh, data is fast there. But it is fucking, it's like a cesspool of frogs at night. And I could not, like, once I got into the room, once the sundown came, I, I wouldn't leave. Like, ah fuck, I hate frogs so much, bro. The reason I hate frogs, one of the reasons, is because they could be looking forward, and then their next movement could be like a 180-degree no-scope, like, fucking just jump towards you, and you have no idea what they're thinking. That's why I fucking, one of the reasons I hate frogs, besides their stupid fucking oily, like, yucky skin... And their stupid web feet and their fucking beady eyes and their long-ass tongue and the, the way they're look that, that thing, that chin shit that they do, that's one of the reasons I hate frogs and, and add all that on top. But that being said, uh, if you do need an Airbnb and if you're not deadly afraid of frogs, it's a good spot. It's very affordable and it's, it's clean and it looks modern. I didn't check out the pool. I didn't check out the food area because once again, there's fucking frogs there. So I can't give you the full thing, but the room itself, man, really good, really good. Okay. Day two was my hosting day. So uh, the reason I went there was to host for the opening of SM Cyberzone in the new SM city Bataan. It's a, it just opened. It was opening on that Friday, but the hosting for the opening was f- for Cyberzone was on Thursday and it was just to a bunch of VIPs. You know, the, uh, what, what's the name? one of the, one of the, Kids of the owner of SM, like the one who passed away Is it Tan? Is it Lushitan? I forgot But he was there, so it was just uh It's basically for show You know, it, they do the whole coin tossing shit You know, because there's a, like a Chinese tradition of luck, whatever And it was super fast Like the hosting itself was 15 minutes, bro 15 minutes, but I was there early, 11am The thing was until 3 Because, you know, Filipinos like to fucking be super on time Because they don't trust anyone being on time and we only did one dry run. I was literally kicking it in the food court for two hours, watching shit on my phone. But the shout out to Enzo Red and to the team at uh, SM Cyberzone. Thank you for getting me. Great team, by the way. Very professional. Uh, and because of my performance, you know, I like to think that I did a good job. Uh, they've already inquired me to do several other SM Cyberzone projects because uh, my history with SM Cyberzone is I was their voice. I have and I'm still continuing to be their voiceover artist for their videos. And then, sometime during the pandemic, I did a live event with them, but only as a live voiceover. This is the first time that I've hosted in front of them, like as you know, as an event host in per, like on stage. And I think I killed it, man. And because of that, you know, uh, knock on wood. But they've already confirmed me for something, and they've already asked me for two other things. So uh, I, I, I feel like if you do a good job, man, the the work will follow. Right? That's always my advice to. To, to younger people which I'll talk about in a bit because I did hold a workshop so hold on to that thought I held a workshop earlier or uh, later in the week during the during Sunday but that was day two uh, after after the hosting uh, Mercy and I we went to go check out like the city center of uh, Balanga so Balanga is where the SM City Bataan is so Balanga is like in the middle-ish area it's close to the, you know, the, the Escitex, the, the expressway. Cause Mariveles is about an hour away, an hour south of Balanga. So, uh, you know, just so you know the geography, you know, visually. Uh, we checked out the city center, got some street food, you know, nothing, there's no, the only thing I heard from people was seafood is good. But which seafood? Is there a specific one? Is there a specific restaurant, specific fish? No one could tell me what was fucking good in Bataan. So we just, you know, we just went around, ate random shit, uh, checked out a cool thrift store, a cool thrift store. I got some fucking fire hats, man. There's just one red, it's on my IG right now, but I want, uh, a red Marlboro hat. Oh my god, it's so fucking cool, man. It's so great. And then went home and hid, hid from the frogs until the final day, which is day three. So this was when, uh, I guess when we took in more of the cultural aspect of things. So one of the I, I think whenever you ask someone who's not from Bataan, maybe they could name you one landmark, it would probably be Mount Binan, B-I-N-A-N. And so Mount Binan, it's this like you have to you know drive up this mountain and there's a giant cross there I don't, I, I did not climb all the way top because it's a steep climb. Plus, they're doing renovations at this moment. Uh, so we couldn't, we weren't allowed to kind of go up anyway, like into the cross. So I don't know what the significance of the cross is, but it is a magnificent structure. You know, even me, I'm not really religious, but it's cool to see. But below the, the cross, there is a historical landmark kind of thing dedicated to the stories, uh, and the, the lives lost during World War II because Bataan, you know but you know the death march and everything it's well known as a, a key point in world war II. and me who had never taken philippine history you know because i didn't grow up here i, I learned a lot and it it's got great scenic views from the top of or from the mount binan area but the 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 little white marble i don't know what you call that uh, i don't it's like it's not a tomb right it's like a uh, there's a word for it i don't even know if that's the right word though But it looks like a shrine of some sort, Um, like you would see in Greece or some shit. It was nice. It it, it was well-designed, and there are some artifacts from the war there. Like, there's a cannon. There's, like, a machine gun that was used. I'm sure that's all restored, right? But you can check that out. The view's fantastic. And after that, we went to a few more historical places Uh, there's this thing called the flaming sword, which if you go there has no information on it. So you have to kind of look up the history of why it's there, because if you go there, it, cause the, the, the sword is cool, but it's in the middle of a rotonda, like a roundabout and around the rotonda is like a Seven Eleven, right? It's not like a historically like secured place where there there's like trees and shit around. It's literally the middle of a road. And if you go there with no context, you're like, Oh, that's a cool statue. But if you don't know the history behind it, it, it probably wouldn't hit home. So I had to Google it. Uh, but the, the the sword the sword isn't flaming. That would be cool, right? If they fucking set that shit on fire every day, that would be sick. But it was all right. But the the thing that where I learned the most was the uh, World War II Museum. Which see, and here's another issue. And I think Bataan needs to up their tourism game. They, you know, I don't know who their DOT or whatever person is. But it's fucking hard to kind of figure out what, what to do and where to go. And this World War II museum was behind an elementary school. And I only found that out because I had to go through like a couple blogs to find out where it was. So it's behind this elementary school. I forgot the name of the elementary school, so forgive me on that. But if you just search World War II museum, look for the elementary school next to it. Because you have to park in the parking of the elementary school and cross behind the grounds of the school. So it's not like it's just near the elementary school. It's literally a part of the the infrastructure of that area. And there they have a World War II museum. And there's also a statue outside uh, depicting the venue where the Americans, who were at the time were in the Philippines, surrendering to the Japanese who had just invaded and like were, were fucking shit up. And inside the World War II museum, you see artifact, And you're not allowed to take photos or videos in there, so I don't have any footage in there. But you, they, there's like a wall full of words that you can read, or not, you know, yeah, full full of words slash stories about the, the, the happenings during World War II. And I really learned a lot, you know, as someone who doesn't know Philippine history, you know, why Bataan was such a significant part and why, even though we lost there, you know, Filipinos and Americans lost there, why it still serves as a beacon of resilience and hope and the fighting spirit. Cause we got fucked up in Bataan, right? We got fucked up. And then they did, they, they depict the, uh, Bataan death march, which is fucking brutal, right? Man, those Japanese guys were fucking brutal. And they, they give you a 10 minute video presentation at the end as well. It, it was, it was a really cool experience. And out of all the sites, you know, Mount Binan included, it's the one that I feel like gave significance to my trip to Bataan, gave my trip to, but then more significance. There we go. Because sometimes you go to places and you see the pretty sights and shit. But do you really, what, what do you really take away from that other than, oh, that was a dope ass view? I really felt like, you know, wow, I'm in a place that, that, you know, where stuff happened. Right. Cause, you know, when you go to Barakai, what do you, do you think about, like, is there anything significant other than the white beaches and the, you know, the babes in bikinis and, and the, the beach clubs at night? When you, re- I mean, when you really go there, what do you, what do you think? What do you take away other than the fun memories? Do you take away something deeper? And not that you have to every time you go on vacation, right? That's not what I'm saying, but it's nice when you do, right? That's why people love going to, to fucking Rome, right? Or yeah, Rome, right? Colosseum, all that shit. And as cool as that looks, uh, yeah, I feel like when I went to Rome when I was younger, I think I was like 16. I remember I was like, damn, I just went to a place where fucking gladiators used to fight. Like that shit is so cool when you think about it. it it's cool, man. Um, so yeah, that was my batan trip in a nutshell. Uh, I think I covered it pretty much, uh, fully. I'm still posting on my Instagram daily for another few days. And I did make a video, uh, to the, to the tune of Taylor Swift's cruel summer, which I will post towards the last, the ninth post. Cause I want to make a three by three grid cause I, I'm a, Key online leader, right? Key online leader. <laughs> I'm playing my influencer game. I'm trying to make my Instagram feed nice. Uh, for my ninth post in my three x three will be a video of just a little, you know, like it's like a minute long video of the, the, all the highlights of my Bataan trip. So look out for that. Okay. Um, other than that, I did mention that over the weekend, I held a workshop for uh, student jocks, believe it or not. Yeah. No, I'm not going back on radio. But I held a, I held a, uh, workshop for on air slash hosting. I'm holding a workshop for on air slash hosting live events. So the, so that it's split into two. So I'm going to do the next one next week or this weekend on Sunday. But the first weekend was me about, uh, how to, how to bring your voice out on air, how to become more comfortable speaking, how to, how to become a if you know in in to to simplify it how to become a better radio DJ, and I work with ten student jocks at this other station, not monster, <laughs> uh, but shout out to them because you you really can tell when people are there for the clout or whatnot like student jocks they 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 sir, I I mean. Throughout my time in RX, there have been a lot of great student jocks who have gone on to either become radio DJs themselves or onto careers that, you know, that where you can use those skills. Uh, because they – because and they succeeded, in my opinion, my humble opinion, is because they really tried hard. They really took the opportunity that they were given and they, they made shit happen. But then I've seen so many student jocks who never showed up to training – when they would show up to training, they would just be taking fucking Instagram stories like, hey, I'm on air. And then they don't fucking try to learn. That shit pisses me off so much, by the way. Uh, There's one, you know, like one student who I know up until this moment fucking hates me. And I, I try, you know, like. I, I didn't try to be mean on purpose, but there comes a point when you're, if for the fourth time you haven't been paying attention, you're on your fucking phone texting. And then I I don't yell at anybody, right? I didn't yell at her either, but like I gave a stern, like, are you paying attention kind of talk? And from that point forward, she was always afraid of me. And, you know, I'm not going to apologize for that because come on, man. You're like, you're here, like put in the work. Right? Put in the work. Why the fuck did you sign up or audition if you're not gonna try hard? That's how I always like, it, it just feels like a wasted opportunity. And there are a lot of people who audition for these kinds of things. Student jocks or any opportunity in hosting. You know, a lot of people apply. And if you're lucky enough to get in, you fucking put in the work, right? Uh, so shout out to the student jocks that I trained this weekend because it felt to me, felt to me like they all were trying. Right? They all were trying. Uh, maybe they were just good at faking it, but to me, they fooled me, right? And this is one of the first times that I've hosted a workshop of this, because, you know, I've only been in the industry for seven years or so. So, well, you know, who am I, right? What, what clout do I have? What, what resume do I have that I could be the one, like, an, uh, a professional or an expert on this topic? I was questioning myself, you know, you know, that, uh, was uh, that thing that Rika always says? Um, fucking imposter syndrome. I was imposter syndroning my sim, syndroning sim, <laughs> imposter, syndrome syndroning myself um but i think it went really well like uh you know because when i came up with my lesson structure i actually went uh i went over time like i mean i had i planned too much stuff i i planned which i thought would be a two-hour lesson i ended up only being able to maybe three quarters of it or even maybe just a little over half because they were enjoying it so much. And I, I I, really wanted to work on what we were doing in the moment. You know, I didn't want to just move on for the sake of moving on. And man, I mean, I'm not going to tell you what I did during the lesson, but they were super into it. Like, I was surprised because, okay, I'll tell you about one exercise. So one of the things that I always tell people about going on air or, or hosting and whatnot, is that, unless you're like a news broadcaster or something if you're doing pop culture entertainment you're just trying to you know liven up the room and talk to people there's no better person to be than yourself right and with student jocks that i've worked with in the past uh you can tell when they're trying to sound like someone that they're not it's so obvious on air and it's it's not just with monster student jocks like when I was talking to these student jocks, they said that the DJs on that station would tell them the same feedback. And I had never even communicated with the DJs at this station, right? I'm friends with a few of them, but I hadn't even asked them about their feedback on their student jocks before I, I did this workshop. And I already knew that that is something that commonly occurs. And I, not just relevant in, in, in uh, radio hosting either. It's in all aspects of life, not just event hosting as well. Sometimes when you do something and you don't do it as yourself – because you feel like you're going to be judged or you feel like you need to sound like someone or be like someone or talk like someone or dress like someone. It's not you anymore and it just comes off as bullshit. So the one, the first exercise I did, which I, I found inspiration online. I didn't find the exact same exercise, but basically I gave them, I handed out, you know, like a fucking teacher. I bought supplies <laughs> and I, I gave out a piece of paper to each student. And then I, I, I bought some colored pencils and pens and all I said was draw a stick figure in the middle and I want you to put on that stick figure anything that defines you. Anything that you define as you. Draw it on there. Even if you're not good at art, uh just do it, right? And at first I thought, you know, maybe they would find it corny or whatnot, but these fucking kids really got into it. And it you know, it was like, you know, as a you know you ever watch those uh those inspirational movies where you where, where the, where the teacher comes in and they have like an unruly classroom or it's like a low income school. Not that these kids are low income or dumb, right? But you know how at the end of the movie, there's always a takeaway like if you continuously teach and you're passionate about teaching that they're going to become successful. That's what it felt like, man. <laughs> I felt like Hilary Swank in Freedom Writers, right? Um, yeah, they were so into it, man. Like they were grabbing pencils. They were talking to each other. And then even at the end of the class, they were they were passing around their drawings for others to sign like a fucking yearbook. And it was just so great. Like it was so cool that it was effective. And and let me just go into the little backstory of why I chose that exercise to as a as a good one, in my opinion, to bring out the inner you, because I I told them on the day when someone asks you who you are, what do you normally say? Right? You normally say, uh, you know, you, you say your job. You say maybe where you live. If you're from a different country, usually they'll, they'll. That's their first thing. Like, oh, I'm a student from, you know, a- Africa, and I'm studying here. Because when you when you hear that question, you usually have already a canned set of answers, right? But what, on this drawing thing, I told them, I want you to draw not just what you normally say, but what you know the things that you don't normally share with people and they 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 did it man you know they were sharing and they were comfortable and i gave them the option if they didn't want to share obviously it's a very personal thing so you know i don't want to get canceled right <laughs> but they all shared and they and then you know it was on my part as well to learn more about them because i don't i it's my first time meeting them but you could really tell that a lot of these kids they don't share these stories often Right. So when they were sharing, they were really passionate about describing themselves. And that's like the coolest thing. How often are you passionate about describing who you are? You don't think about it. Right. You don't think about it that often. Uh, so, yeah, I'd like to say that I'm a very good workshop guy. Right. I'm a very good workshop teacher. Uh, I did more, a few more exercises, but at the end of the day, I really think that they learned a lot. I, I like to think so. You know, I obviously, if, you know, yeah, I'm very candid. If I feel like I did a shitty job, I would have told you guys on this podcast right now. But I think I did. I, did, I think I did a fantastic job. And I, I really, I honestly am looking forward to Sunday, uh, the this next this upcoming Sunday to do the live hosting workshop, which I still have to figure out my syllabus for a two hour class. I feel like I have to undershoot it this time because when I overshot it, I I, I ran out of i ran out of time to do all the other shit that i had planned i had some more cool stuff planned too so yeah shout out to the those student jocks man and it was nice meeting you all i I told them about like i would talk about them on this podcast so maybe one of them might be listening right now if they hadn't been bored by the bataan trip and the nba talk and whatnot i think that's that's it huh that's a pretty good podcast let me shout out some people 35 minutes in Someone messaged me because I told him that I would fucking record on the road. I'm sorry uh Jotham, Jotham who says naghihintay <laughs> kami. I think he was waiting for me to release on Friday because I told him I was going to record. That's my apologies, man. Uh sorry, but thank you so much for listening. Yeah, you know, it does mean a lot when you guys message me on the podcast Instagram. Uh shout out to Broad Fitz who 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 filled me in on Dungeons and Dragons. I talked a little bit more about that as well during the uh during I think like two episodes ago about you know how to get into it and it's not that difficult though which I didn't think it was but uh it, it's cool that you know there's someone who can share that experience with us and yeah man i think that's the uh that's the podcast friends uh a show we didn't release last week either because of my trip so hopefully we re- we record this week uh oh you know fuck yeah i got time i fuck it man you guys like long episodes right so yesterday on a monday i had an audition for something, and since we're already on the topic of hosting and whatnot, I had an audition for something from Next Play N E X P L A Y, which uh, it sounded familiar to me when I when I looked it up online. Like when I first sent an email to audition for this because it was on Facebook, you know, as all great opportunities are on fucking Facebook. And they were looking for uh, a host to host uh, a show where you interview someone, and they wanted someone that could be fun but also delve into deeper emotional uh you know content and so i looked up next play and they're an esports organization uh you know they they they're they're about teams tournaments uh talents on their in their you know in their pool of uh talents are all like creators right like gaming creators i think so when i went there i was like why what kind of show is this am i going to be interviewing gamers like what is the purpose of this uh i don't want to because a i haven't gotten the job yet um but, and B, I don't know, like, if, if how confidential it is. So I'm not going to share with you what the show is going to be about. Uh, all you need to know is that it was an audition for a, uh, a, a TV, sh- not a TV, a show that I think will be hosted on the web. But I just want to say, in line with the workshop that I did with the, uh, students of that radio, sh- that radio, <laughs> I feel like I'm being super secretive, <laughs> but in line with that, I think I killed the the audition, not because I I have you know I'm overconfident or whatnot, but I left the room feeling like I really did a good job. And if I don't get the gig, you know I and I as Brad fits has quoted me, there's no harm, uh, there's no failure in trying your best. And I did my best, and I think my best was good enough. <laughs> so. My, at the end of the, this is my life, my, my kind of my career slash life slash glow up realization. When I first started hosting six, seven years ago, when I would go to these kinds of hosting auditions where it had to be on camera or maybe in front of an audience where, or not an audience, but like, you know, especially on cam stuff or stuff where you had to audition to be the host of something. I remember uh having the same, uh what do you call it? The same issues that I was describing with how student jocks would do things is that they would go on air or go on stage or go in front of Cam and and talk and act as if they were somebody that they thought people wanted them to be. Uh, whether that means either a little embellishing or or maybe not being yourself as much. I I'm, I was guilty of that too. That's why I, I was able, you know, I feel like you can't teach a lesson until you fucking failed at it anyway, or at least you've gone through it. And I remember that was my experience for maybe the first two, three, three, maybe even four years of my career where sometimes I wasn't comfortable being myself. Uh, I still did a good job, I would think, in the first four years. I mean, I think I've come to a point in my career where I, I have built off of my you know, my track record in those first four years effectively. But after t- yesterday's audition, I really felt like w- when I left it, I left everything on the table, but as me. And there was no, f- it, I didn't have to force anything. Uh, I didn't have to like, you know, I didn't, basically I didn't have to think about being me anymore. And I thought that was such a beautiful fucking realization on my part. You know, it really feels like I've developed over time as an MC, as a host, as a as a as a speaker, right? As some, especially on a interviewing level. You know, uh, you know, I hosted heard on Thursdays on RX for for a few years, and even then, I was still questioning myself sometimes about like, you know, when I was interviewing people. Am I doing a good enough job? Should I ask this question because I feel like it's the right question to ask? Other, instead of, I want to ask this because it's what I want to ask. Uh, in this case, we did, there was a, a solo part and there was an interview part. And I think I did well on both, but the interview part, especially, I felt like I really was able to develop a connection because I was listening very well, you know, as you should do when you do an interview, but also because I was just being me. And I think that's something that I want to share with everyone out there that if you are not just in hosting or events or radio or podcasting in life. If you come to a point in your career where you can look at yourself and be like, wow, this is what I wanted to be like years ago. Then you've done a great job. You know, I just want to let you know. Think of this as an inspirational TikTok. You are where you need to be kind of moment. That's what it felt like to me. And I hope I get the gig. Uh, you know, how do I feel about it? Like, do I think I'm going to get it? I don't know. I don't like to jinx it, but I feel like I made an impression. But then again, you know, when I came into the room at the start, um, you know, when during the briefing, uh, the, the guy, um, his name is Justin, cool guy, by the way, said, uh, yeah, uh, we've had maybe five hosts already. So I kind of like, cause he's the one that I had to interview. So when we were talking about the interview structure or whatever, he said, yeah, we've already kind of done it with five other hosts. So I kind of know the, the flow of what we're going to do. That's what he said to me. So I was like, fuck. So technically, I have like a one in six chance, right? But I hope I did well enough to make an impact whether I'd get this gig or not. And I, I said this at the end of my workshop, too. If you do your best and you fucking do a good job, right? Because you can do your best and not do a great job because you're not good enough yet. But that's still winning, right? Because you then you learn. Then you do better next time. But I think I did my best and I did a good job. So even if they don't get me for this, I feel like maybe I made enough impact that they would consider me for something else. And that's a win in itself, right? And that's the podcast for today. Holy 42 minutes! I hope you guys enjoyed. Do I recommend going to Bataan? Yeah, why not, man? Go, 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 man. Go. Uh, but go with a plan if you can. Go for a tour with multiple people if you can. Uh, Five Fingers is one that I really want to check out because it looks great in pictures. And yeah, uh, follow me on uh, Instagram. It's me, JC, if you want to check out the bataan post that I'm currently uploading throughout the week. And message me on the podcast Instagram, Tevez of the best. And listen to Hala Hala Show coming out this week. That's the podcast and I'll catch you all say it with me later. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things.